Praise God. So, so we've been talking about some things that, um, you know, you could think, well, that's not for me right now. I don't have a family, but, but it's not true. It's, it's, it's how God's designed for his glory to be shown on this earth. And uh, some of these things can be very challenging. We've been harping on the men for a few weeks. And uh, if, if you don't mind, I'm just going to go through some things as quickly as I can here this morning. We have a few moments left. I'd like to try to wrap some stuff up, but there's so much of, from the woman's side. And, and uh, you know, just like we said that the man was the head, I think we saw it in a way that was good. It, it, it was, he's not, he's not the head to dominate. He's the head to be in responsibility. And, and it's a very... Uh, it's a very high honor and a very uh, great privilege, but it also requires participation. And, and we'll see that just like uh, we presented, we've been presented uh, with, the, with love, God is love, and everything about love has to do with what can I do to make the change? And the challenge in families from, from the head to the tail, the kids, is Noticing things that are wrong. And what the enemy wants to do right off the bat is cause strife. Because as soon as he can cause strife, he, he has fun. Because that's where evil work abounds, yeah. where, there's, where there's strife going on. So, so um, that's what he wants to do. And, and, and built into each one of our natures, the gender that we are, are certain tendencies to be naturally put off by the opposite gender, by their strength. And so it becomes necessary on our part to decide that I'm going to be the one that changes here, not the other one. Amen? Now, I know, you know, this takes all, this takes two to tango. Is that, is that what it takes? I've never tangoed, but <laughs> I've heard that and it kind of sounded good right there. So it, it takes two to do the dance, I guess. <laughs> and, and, and I haven't danced either, but... <laughs> Except for my daughter at her wedding. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, you know, I, I know some of us can be going through it, or we've experienced it before where the other person is in, in, in agreement. But, but when we have a family that's under God, it's going to be something where each person is committed, first of all, to what God has to say about their role. And so that's what we've been talking about. And, and today I just want to, I want to talk about the family woman. Now, we'll get into her different roles. But first of all, there needs to be an understanding of how precious women are in the progress that we have in any part of our life, through history even. You know, the Old Testament talks mostly about the men. But did you know how the ancestry is determined even in the Jewish realm? It's through the woman. It's not through the man. Isn't that interesting? Because if you go through and you find all the begats, the begats, the begats, the begats, the begats, there wasn't a single begat without a woman, right? It required the woman. In fact, it was from the woman that you could, you know, we have DNA tests now that you can decide who the, who the dad is. Back then, they knew who, they, the, they, they knew the lineage through the mom. They determined it through the mom. So the mom is critical, all right. I just want to look at some some people from the the Old Testament that were they they determined the, the uh, direction of God's will for the whole nation. You know, Rebecca. What did she do? She she was critical in deciding even the the one from whom the name of Israel would come. Right, Ruth, uh, Hannah. 
You know, Samuel came through Hannah. She was a result. And her motherhood enabled him to be who he was. It was critical. Deborah, did you know that Deborah was an actual judge? She, she led Israel. Well, that doesn't sound right. I thought women weren't supposed to do anything. No, women are, well, and we'll see this, okay? And then, and then Esther. There was something about Esther that caused her to turn the heart of the king. And he ended up doing her will because of who she was. How she presented herself. How important that is. Amen? So just some um, Jesus perspective. I'm just going to go through some of Jesus' perspectives of women. And it wasn't common in that day. You were not supposed to be alone with a woman. You weren't supposed to treat a woman like she was a peer. But Jesus is coming from the Father. He has the representation of the Father's perspective of women. John 4.10, conversation with a woman at the well. How did he talk to her? Did he talk down to her at all? Not at all. He talked to her as if he were talking to a man almost, right? So for all the stuff he was seeing about her, you know, was not a man thing. But, but you know, um, he spoke with her, not down to her, just as if she were an equal to a man, right? Woman washed Jesus' feet. You know, I was reading a commentary on this, and uh, this was a man, uh, this, this was a room full of guys, and a woman comes in and starts washing Jesus' feet. You would think, what would be the normal response to that? Not the time. You know, or, you know, or to the guys, it's like, oh, <laughs> this is kind of weird, you know. It wasn't that. No, he, he saw her heart. And he said, man, she's doing what you guys ought to be doing. <laughs> she's the example here. He saw her differently, didn't he? And, and, and she, was, she was a precious person that had a terrible past. He didn't look at her past. He looked at her heart, how precious she was. Isn't that amazing? Uh, Matthew 26, the alabaster box. That, she comes in, this is a year's salary value, and she anoints his head with it so that when he's going to the cross, he knows he's been, he's smelling him, that alabaster smell all the way to the cross. Isn't that amazing? Because she gave of something that was. Men just don't do this alabaster box stuff very well. You know what I mean? This is a woman thing, right? But how important that is. All right. Woman caught in adultery. Remember what happened with that? <laughs> he said, okay, who, who hasn't done anything wrong here? He didn't put her in a category of condemned. In fact, he, he said, I, uh, I forgive you. You're forgiven. You're no different than a man. You don't get stoned just because you're a woman. Oh, you get forgiveness. Isn't that wonderful? You know, the first evangelist, you know, you think, well, you know, ministers have to be men. We've had people that contend with us about that. My wife is pretty prominent in this in this congregation. And aren't you glad for my wife? Yes. I mean, I, I am blessed by my wife. Uh, she, uh, she speaks as an orator of God. 
And who am I to say no to what God has said yes to? Amen? The first evangelists, the first ones to proclaim that Jesus was risen from the grave. That's the gospel, isn't it? Jesus is risen. Who were they? They were women, weren't they? And they didn't run saying, he might have been risen. Like Thomas, right? The, and the two guys walking with Jesus. Can you imagine walking with Jesus all the way down the road and they still didn't know it was him, still didn't believe it was him until duh, later on, you know? <laughs> that was him. No, women, they know it's him right off the bat. That's why, because women have something built into them. They can perceive things really well. Have you ever noticed that? And you know what? This, this is not just in our culture. This is all cultures. You know, you go, you go into, it, it was interesting. I was in Africa for a while, you know, and women are strong there. They do a lot of the work in the fields and a lot of other things. And I saw the men being the lazy ones, you know, because there's a strength that a woman brings into the, to the family and, 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 and a force. I mean, they were, they were strong, not just physically, you could see. And when they would worship God, I mean, it was, they were going somewhere that no man has gone before. You know what, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because there's, there's something about the woman that don't you put her down before God. No. Amen. Is this okay? Getting off on the right foot. <laughs> so some of her tendencies, and we'll just look at it here real quick, and you can identify with this. She sense, tends to be more sensitive. You know, that's not a bad thing when you need to sense something. It's like, okay, what, what's going on here, wife? You know, <laughs> right? She's more perceptive about things. My wife has done this with me several times. Says, uh, you need to be careful about that. You know, it's like, oh, <laughs> you know. They tend to be more emotional. And, and if you'll notice, if you'll be thinking about this from a guy's standpoint, each one of these can be reasons to become frustrated also from the man's side. Okay? If, we're, if, if we can just kind of get on the same page a little bit. They're caring. They, they want to, like with a child, they, they, they care when that little kid starts crying. Sometimes guys just want to say, just stop crying. I mean, get it over with, you know? And the woman's going... Oh, oh, right? They're more nurturing. They're wanting to impart things that'll help, help make things better, right? They're industrious. They're thinking, how can we make this? What can we do to use the resources that we have? I'm kind of talking Proverbs 31 a little bit, aren't I? You know? What, what, what can we do with the resources that we... And you know what? Guys think about those kind of things, but it's more of a stoic approach most of the time, right? But women are, their heart's connected with this. How can we make our home better given the resources that we have? Lindsay's a great example of that. <laughs> She's always doing those kinds of things. <laughs> and, I, and I love, and my wife is too. It's, it's just amazing, you know? It's like... We, we had somebody give us a swimming pool, above ground swimming pool up in Ohio. 
is, is a round one, you know, and, and um, we had it in our backyard. Kids loved it. You know, as soon as the, the ice froze, because it's ice, at, you, know, you know, ducks had come land on it in the wintertime and stuff, you know. <laughs> as soon as that thing would, would, would thaw out, boy, the kids are in the water. You know, they, they, so we get down here and we, we, had a, we had a backyard, but we didn't have any swimming pool. So industrious wife finds one on Craigslist and it's, it's an oblong one, you know, and I have to go tear it down and I have to put it up. I have to excavate and everything. I wouldn't have gone there. You know, I think, well, let's find a community pool or something, you know, but my wife would not have that. Why? Because she wants our family. She has a vision for the family that she's going, that's a woman thing. Now I know men can have that too, but, but can you see what I'm saying? Right. And for me, <laughs> no, okay. And they're also shrewd. They know how to, 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 to get the best deals to make things happen, right? Okay. All right. We have some people laughing. She doesn't get the best deals. Is that right? Or she does get, I don't know. Yeah, she's thinking about the kids, but, but then she's thinking about how to get that done too, right? I, and, it, and it's wonderful. That, but each one of these things are also something that, you know, I was saying from the man's side, man sees it different. A man has an overall view sometimes that a woman might not necessarily have the overview of how this is going to affect everything on a larger scale, right? And that's why he's called the head because he's actually supposed to oversee everything. And so from his standpoint, this can be a point of contention because now you don't understand what the bigger picture is and how all your industriousness is causing us to be affected by this. You know what I mean? And so there's a necessity for, there to under, for, for both sides and for everybody to understand that there's a role for the guy to play and then there's a role for the woman to play. And you don't downplay either one. You support each one. From the side of love, what is my position? And we saw that the guys, what the, the guy's position is you give before there's anything done right at all. You give love. You give support. You give affection. You give, Right? And then there's the woman's side that we're going to touch on here real quick, okay? So, before we get there, to be comparable is to be on an equal status. So, has anybody bought a house or had a realtor look for you a house? What do you do? What's the first thing they do when you find one? They do comps, right? What are those? those they're comparables. You got to find something that's, that's an equal value, Something that, that, that you can say, okay, if this is this value, then this is this value, right? I don't know. I was, that came to mind when I saw this because it says, and the Lord said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Not of lesser value, comparable to him. Somebody that when they are together, they're a unit, they're a team. Amen. All right, we get, we're going to get some good stuff here this morning. You know what? We could probably spend weeks on this, but we're going to go through it, all right? Genesis 2.20. So Adam gave, them, uh, gave names to all the cattle, to the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. So comparable helper is a corresponding helper who has the strength to protect, to surround, to aid help, and support. So here's the thing. A man is supposed to be the head, but he can't do it alone. 
Don't say it like that. <laughs> he, and God saw that from the beginning, right? He said, I don't want to make somebody just like man. We don't need a couple of guys. Hello? It's not Adam and Steve. It's Adam and Eve, right? Because there's that part that the woman can fulfill that that man, there's a void there that needs to be filled. And it's important for the man to realize that and to understand that it's coming to him in a package that he might not necessarily recognize right out of the box. Okay. You need instructions. That's why we got. That's why we have the Bible. Oh, that's fun, isn't it? All right. The wife reflects the image that is seen in the husband, and where there's brokenness, brokenness will be will naturally be reflected. So here's what happens. Oh, let me make this statement, then we'll support it some more. But. Uh, what happens in the home is the woman comes in with expectations, the man comes in with expectations, and the woman has great need, she has great desire, great requirements that she's needing in this, and so much so, and we'll relate to, we're getting our, our example from God, aren't we? What are we supposed to do? We've done this already this morning. We come into the presence of God. Why? Because we want to be changed by his image. What is his image? Who he is. How he represents himself. Not just his physical image. No, who he is. How he represents himself. And the way God has designed it in the family is the woman comes in with this same need. She needs to reflect a man that is a godly man. And the problem is most men aren't godly, <laughs> at least not as much as they need to be. And that's why we need to be a godly family. We need to be going there together and saying, God, help us all. <laughs> we need your help, right? <laughs> so what happens is they come together and the woman is in need of a man that's a godly man to be her strength, to be her support, to be her protector and all these things. And she finds a man that is self-centered, that is critical of her. And she begins to what she does is she naturally reflects that. What is that? That's a response that is not godly. Does this make sense? What you're looking at, if you're careful, you will reflect. This is why we have to behold God. We say, change me in your presence. Okay? And this is where what we're getting from the, the word of God has... There's an opportunity for these things in families that are common tendencies not to infiltrate us and overwhelm us and cause the very strife that's happening in the world. Did you know it's in the church just as much as it's in the world? Families can't stay together. Why? Because they're not reflecting the right image. They're reflecting each other's image. And it never works. Okay? In Christ, there's another image to reflect. Okay? 2 Corinthians 3.18, but we all with unveiled, unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of the Lord. So what happens to us when we get in Christ? Now we're beholding a different image than just the other one. And so we don't get caught up in the cycle of reflecting what we're seeing. Amen. This happens from men too. We, 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 we saw that, that you can become bitter at the woman. And so there has to be a shutting down of that. And how is that done? Well, we behold another image. We see the image of Christ. 
And he does not respond in the same way. He only responds in love. Amen? All right. In Christ, the wife has an opportunity to reflect and magnify an image other than any negative perspectives of the husband. And again, this is how the enemy comes in. He wants to trap us in this negative perspective of the other one, okay? The image found in Christ can be the one reflected and supported and established. And we cannot do this without the help of the Holy Spirit, You know what the Holy Spirit does? He reveals Jesus. So he can be seen and reflected. So that no matter what's going on from that gnarly guy, the self-centered, that's not taking his place in the home like you're supposed to, you can say, I'm not responding to him as I would naturally do, as the pain that is hitting. We go through pain. Women women are sensitive. They they are easily hurt. They are easily, man, I I didn't even know I hurt you. And so, you know... (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, what did I do? You know, like, all I texted was okay. <laughs> I guess that doesn't work in all situations. <laughs> you were supposed to text something else, right? <laughs> all right, where was I going? That was scary. Okay. <laughs> where fractures are reflected, they are experienced. So, so here's the woman, the sensitive woman, and when she's, when she's noticing those things, letting them overwhelm her, what do they become? Not just his problem, now they're her problem. Does that make sense? So the thing that you're seeing wrong in somebody else now becomes something that causes a fracture in you. And I'm, I am talking to women, so I know, okay. This goes both directions, but, but we're going to get to this because this is, this is kind of a touchy subject that I think is so necessary. If we are going to reflect God to the world, we have to get these things in our homes. Amen? There's a natural capacity in a woman to influence. In fact, she's built for this. She desires this. When she, her, her natural desire is for the man, but not just for the man, what she can get from him. She wants to influence him. She wants to make him better. Now, she says, I've got a few things I think I can fix on this guy. This is why it's important. There's another scripture that relates to this. It says, don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Why? Because it's very important. I've seen this happen. A young woman will fall in love with an unsaved young man. And he's got all kinds of things going on in his, oh, but her heart is for him. She thinks, if I can just get a ring on his finger, we can fix all the stuff that's the problem. And the problem is if he's not looking at the same image you're looking at, he's never going to get where you want him to go. But that's where a woman's heart is. She, she, she sees the good that she wants to change. And that's her desire. But it's, does not happen without the help of the Holy Spirit. Not just on you, but, and, and here's the key, is, is you will enable the Holy Spirit in him when you do your part. And you'll disable it when you just become a reflection of him. Oh, this is good stuff, isn't it? Then he said to the woman, I will sharpen the pain. And this is the curse of their sin. This is, from the very beginning, it's built into them, strife. There's gonna be strife. Ha, 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 no. 
Then he said to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy. And in pain you will give birth. And you will desire to control your husband. But he will rule over you. So what happens? In that desire to control causes from the guy a natural response to resist. You're not going to change me. Don't. Okay. You're identifying when you laugh, so don't don't like that. <laughs> Does this sound familiar though? I mean, this is kind of it's like it's like, how did you did you get my mail? <laughs> it's like you've been looking through my mail. <laughs> need for affection, help, provision, security, assurance. From this need can come nagging. Inability to portray the image of God because of a man who cannot fulfill that need and becomes resentful and domineering in return. So what happens is when the woman has such a need for her man to be in a certain position, her heart is for that man and she becomes nagging. She says, I'll fix this. I'll tell him about this. This is what he's got going wrong. I'll help him with that. And you know what? None of those words ever bring the change. I don't like to say amen to that, but it, I'll say amen because it's the truth, you know, right? <laughs> My personal experience has been, right? <laughs> now, when I get my heart right, I'll hear what she's saying and I'll let, her, let, it, let it help me. But from the natural standpoint, you start telling me what's wrong with me and what does it do? It causes me not to just want to resist, but actually to dominate. Say, no, not only are we not going to do that, but we're going to do this because I'm the head, Right? And then what do we have? All we have is now we got a big problem. If the woman does do something now, she's not doing it because she wants to. She's, she's afraid. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Spacey Melanie, when, when you got your guy toting around, you know, $15,000 guns, <laughs> you say, whatever you say. Uh, <laughs> Genesis 3.16. So this is just another translation of this because that, that one control, that, that's a different aspect of this that we no, don't normally see in translations that she wanted to control. But that's actually what her heart is. But her heart is a desire for your husband and he will rule over you. There's going to be a conflict here. The, the, the guy is drawn to the woman, first of all, by a sexual desire, usually, Right? By, by affection, by infatuation. And the woman is drawn by a need. Is that true? Naturally. A need for, for a heart connection, right? So the answer is to end the cycle of mounting frustration. And that's what happens in this built-in conflict that we've been given by the curse. At the fall of Adam, we, if you go back and look at what we talked about, we've talked about this at length, that what happened is the ability to reflect the image of God was corrupted by Adam and Eve. And now everything from that point on, unless God gets involved, it will not reflect the image of God. <clears throat> so the way for us to get out of that, though, and to actually have a, have a home that's flourishing in the, in the glory of God Instead of demanding, and this is from the woman's side, give and reflect Christ's nature. And then here's this wonderful word, submit. 
Now, here, here's when things get out of place, and we, and, and we have to be careful, and I think, I think this is a tendency, is this gets reversed quite a bit. Because the woman can be very strong. We, we went over this, didn't we? And I think that's partly what happened at the, at the tree of life. Adam said, hey, I submit. I like my woman. I want her to say yes. Hey, I'm submitting. And that's wrong. That gets things out of, out of order. You can't have two heads. You have to have one head. And that's why God said there's going to have to be somebody that's not just submitting, but is becoming a part. You know, I, I, I was thinking about it this way. Um, you know, some of the best coaches can't hardly even walk very fast or, or do anything physical. Have you ever seen some of these coaches? I mean, I mean, they look, they look a healthy mess on the, on the sideline. You know what I mean? And they're telling uh, world-renowned athletes what to do. They're the head. Are they better? Not at playing. But you know what? If that, if that player does not submit to the coach, doesn't matter how good they are. They're not going to fulfill their, their abilities, are they? It's a good correlation, don't you think? So, are you all loving me yet? All right. Aren't you glad for the word of God, though? Some of the, the things that challenge us the most are the opportunities to change the most, to be helped. Ephesians 5, 21 through 24. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So I do believe there's a necessity for there to be a submission from the guy's side is saying, okay, I'm not just gonna be bitter, but I'm gonna actually give. I don't have to just accept everything. And the woman doesn't, it's not like you're just accepting everything either, but you're going to have an attitude of submission. This actually says submit to one another. Have an attitude of submission. And this rises up inside. And we say, no, but don't you see? What's wrong here? What needs to be fixed here? All right. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands, not to somebody else's husband, as you do to the Lord. As you do to the Lord. What is the biggest challenge? And You know, maybe this is part of the problem. You know, we hear the word of God and it says, make this change in your life. And even with God, we can say, ah, I think I'll get to that later. You know? When it comes to submission, when is it most effective? Right now. Amen? So, in Christ, we have a great opportunity to take something we're getting, we're, we're experiencing in him and begin to apply it in our families. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the savior. So what's, what's cool is we get an example from Christ for the husband because the husband is supposed to treat his wife like Christ treats the church. But then from Christ, we also get the example of how the, the, the wife is supposed to be in submission because that's what Jesus did. As great as Jesus is, he's, he's the Tom Brady, you know, of, of uh, spirituality, you know. <laughs> and he's in the garden. He's saying, but coach, but coach, I want to go in. Or, I don't want to go in. I don't want to go in. I'm not feeling it today. I'm not feeling it today. And he said, but your will. 
be done. Jesus said this, right? And Jesus would not have fulfilled his purpose. There would be no glory brought to us if he hadn't shown it to us. He wasn't just going through it to get it for us. He was going through us to show us what it is. Amen? For the husband is the head of the, uh, of the wife as Christ and his body of which he is Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, now, and, and please understand, this is the Bible. This is not just me picking and choosing some verses because I felt like I wanted to be ornery today. <laughs> now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. So, if we're going to be affected by Christ in our lives, what do we have to do? We have to say, he is, we sang about it this morning, majesty, majesty. And then our little song, I cast my crowns down at your feet. Why? There has to be a giving up of headship or he's not the head. We can't be the head too. This is how it is in the home. Why does the wife, is, is she any less than him? No, she just needs to get in a position so that he can be who he needs to be. And he cannot be who he needs to be until you have your position correct. Amen? This is not demeaning. This is exalting. You know, Jesus submitted himself. In submitting himself to do the will of God, go to the cross for us, to suffer. Talk about somebody going through some stuff that might cause them to suffer a little bit. You know, the, you know there might be a woman who says, well, you just don't know what I'm going through. Well, let's look at Jesus, what Jesus went through. Because he had submitted himself to the cross, he was highly exalted as a result of that. Amen? Colossians 3.18. Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. I think I um, so Titus 2, 4 through 5, it says, it says, the younger woman should be taught by the older women to be self-controlled, love their husbands. It's like, I thought when you put that ring on your finger, that when you said you loved... That that's all it took. Loving is not, is not your emotions. Loving is, is a choice you make based upon an image you've been given in Christ. Amen? And it's a position you take that might not feel very good. Again, it was given to us. The example was given to us in Christ. You lay down your position. And when you lay down your position, you enable something much greater then you would have won by hanging on to the title that's not yours. <laughs> Is this okay? Uh, now, let me just read. Then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, and to be subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the word of God. What's happening in our homes is a representation of the will presented in the word of God. And what happens when a woman decides that, I am woman, hear me roar, whatever that song was. <laughs> in places too big to ignore. I don't know. In the liberation, you know, I think there's, there, this women's liberation thing has, has been good in some areas. Because I think, you know, women need to be able to do whatever they're gifted at. But you don't get forced into something that you don't want to do. And there might be a reason why there aren't as many women, you know, driving big trucks or something, you know. 
Maybe they just don't want to. Because I don't see anything keeping them from it. You know, maybe I don't see those things. But, but you know, I, I believe that there's been a, a good thing in liberating women to do some things, but not in, in taking in, in, in the home, there needs to be an understanding of the way God thing has put things to be. Just in the nature that we're made. So that it can glorify God. Otherwise, what we end up doing when we're holding on to something is we're actually becoming anti-Christ and demonstra- demonstrating something that is in opposition to God's word. It maligns God's word. Does that make sense? All right. So 1 Peter 3, 1 through 6. And I'm just going to read through this. There's a bunch of stuff. This is Amplified Version, so it kind of helps us draw some stuff out. It, most of the time, um, Amplified Version is the women's version. This Today, it's the man's version because we're talking about women, okay? In like manner, you married woman, be submissive to your own husbands. Subordinate yourself as being secondary to and dependent on them and adapt yourselves to them. Now, this might really be hard for a really strong woman to do. But what is she doing when she's doing this? She's responding to, a, to the God's way of doing things. And, and we'll see this. This is so important. So that even if any do not obey the word of God, they may be won over by discussion. Not by discussion, but by the godly lives of their wives. I refer to this earlier, the preaching does not ever bring the change. It's the life. It's when you lay down your life. Amen? Um, all right. <laughs> Sorry, this amplified version just goes on and on. When they observe the pure and modest way in which you conduct yourselves together with your reverence for your husband. Now, that reverence word is very important, okay? You are to feel for him all that reverence includes, to respect defer to, revere him, to honor, esteem, appreciate, prize, and in the human sense, to adore him. Do you hear that? (laughs) She's the epitome of this. She just does this so much. Um, That is to admire, praise, be devoted to, deeply love, and enjoy your husband. Don't you understand why I wanted to get to this part? There is a necessity that as gnarly as the guy wants to present himself being, he needs this to be who he's supposed to be. Why do we worship this God that we worship? Why do we revere God the way we do? Does he need it? Now, The guy needs it. God does not need it. But what happens to us when we revere God? We get in a position for God to be God. Can you get the connection here? This is really powerful. (laughs) That the man needs this same thing from a woman. And sometimes we come into the presence of God and we revere him by faith, don't we? We're going through something in our life that does not, we're, we're not really feeling it today. 
But what do we do? We put on garments of praise. We put on admiration for God. And you know what happens when we start to do that? Our perspective changes and we get into a position where the God who's been God all along is enabled to be who he is in our life because we've revered him. There's a correlation in, in a man. Any, any man. I believe there's a capacity in any man to be a godly man and to take his place and to do everything that God has declared for him to do. But he needs admiration. He needs. Now, and you think, well, I'm not giving him that. Didn't you just hear what he just said? He doesn't even pay attention to me. I fix him food and he doesn't even say thank you. You know. And this is where we go back to Jesus. Say, what did he do? He did when he was not feeling anything in return. He gave when he didn't get anything. What are you doing? This is what the scripture says. How are they one? Oh, you need to do this. You need to do that. You need to quit that. You need to stop doing that. All that does is create a cycle of rejection. All it does is create a cycle of the guy saying, you're not going to tell me what to do. Don't you see how much bigger I am? Now, this might, you know, you can have a little guy and a big woman too, but you know. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? It's like, this is, it doesn't work. So what has to happen? God's created a way for us to see in Christ the way for the woman to actually end up getting her way by getting, what do we do? We're wanting something from God, aren't we? But how do we get there? First of all, we revere him. We honor him for who he is. You don't get something out of a guy by putting him down or magnifying things that are wrong in him. No, you begin to, you begin to exalt the reflection of Christ that's his opportunity in Christ and you're going to get more of Christ out of him. And you speak it by faith. Amen? Instead of, well, never mind. Okay. Um, let not yours be the merely external adorning with elaborate interweaving and nodding of the hair. Man, they can do this for hours, can't they? Does she do that, John? Does she do that for hours? I don't know. I'm, we, we were talk, I was talking with Hayden, Hayden, I think that was a couple nights ago. I said, man, if, if we spent as much time as they did on our, our, on our looks, they wouldn't even recognize us. <laughs> you know. Uh, I'm glad, I'm glad for makeup. I'm glad for all, you know, hairdos and eyelashes and all that kind of stuff, you know. <laughs> Whatever you do to make things look like they're supposed to, I guess. I don't know. It says, that's okay. But the part that really makes the difference is when the lights go off. No, I'm not going where you're thinking I'm going. And it's that inner person of the heart that you still sense their presence, right? You can't see them anymore, but boy, you know they're there. All right, let's just stop that, all right? Okay. At least y'all woke up. We still got a little ways to go. Can we go a little ways further? Can we do that? But let it be the inward adorning and beauty of the hidden person of the heart with incorruptible and unfading charm of a gentle and peaceful spirit you're thinking, man, that's not me. Or the guy's saying, that's not her. It's like, <laughs> this is what we get in Christ. Amen? And this is what is the answer. It's not, it's not trying to change. You, you, 
usurp the authority and the ability of God when you try to make the change that only he can make. You're trying to take the place of God. Okay. It's, it's very precious in the sight of God. Don't you like that? In the sight of God. All right. For it was thus that the pious women of old who, who hoped in God were accustomed to beautify themselves and were submissive to their husbands, adapting themselves to them as themselves secondary and dependent upon them. There's something about a guy that enables him to do his part in being the head when he feels like when he does make a decision, it's going to be supported. Even if it's wrong. You know? You're not just going to get a bunch of ridicule like, oh, you idiot, you know? <laughs> no. There's, there's, you might have made a, <laughs> I'll tell you when it's really bad is when you do make a mistake and you're ready for the brush, you know? No, this never happens to me, but I've heard about it <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> you know, you're, <laughs> it's like, oh boy. <laughs> In fact, you, you do everything you can to make sure they don't find out about that, right? It's like, <laughs> no, I've got something you haven't found out about yet. <laughs> It was thus that Sarah obeyed Abraham, following his guidance and acknowledging his headship over her by calling him Lord, Master, Leader, Authority. And you are now her true daughters if you do right and let nothing terrify you, not giving way to hysterical fears or letting anxieties unnerve you. This is the basis for anything the enemy wants to come against you with in your home. You start to fear for the stability of your home. You start to fear for this. You start to fear for that. And you're looking to the husband as your source. You're trusting in his ability or what you've determined to be inability to fulfill the thing that you require for your own soul. Are you okay? Trust God, not your husband. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. How many know this passage? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. With all, trust in the Lord with all your, not, not, not just all your heart except for the part that you have with your husband. God wants to get smack dab in the middle of this stuff. Amen? And it's the only way that it can reflect him is if he is. Right? So you trust in the Lord with all your heart. You lean not on your own understanding, your own perspective of things. You don't say, well, this is, don't you come again. Because you know what? You, you can get offended at this message. You can say, well, you're saying I've been wrong all along? Yes, you've been wrong all along. Let's just get over that. Let's, let's make the change. Right? That was a man talking, wasn't it? <laughs> In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. He'll, he'll tell you what to do. And, and it might not be something that's comfortable at the moment, but it'll be his way. And it has a good end. It has the only possible good end. Amen? All right. Are you still with me here? Can we just tap a little bit more? 1 Peter 2.21, through th uh, three, two. And, and this, is, this is the passage that we use for uh, uh, healing. And it's, it's one that is very precious for us. But if, 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 how many know that there weren't chapters and verses in the original documents? They were just, it was a continuous thought. It was not, you know, there weren't any verses. It was just, it was just Paul writing in the prison, you know, or as Peter, I guess. To this you were called. 
Because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, no deceit was found in his mouth. And this is what's happening. You're, 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 you're receiving something that is not right necessarily. When he, they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. Okay, we're, we're seeing that this is a woman right now. Okay, can we do that? When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. What you do is you put yourself, okay, I don't know how to respond. Naturally, he's not going to be right. So what I'm going to do is say, oh God, I'm going to trust myself to what you've said to do. To respond in love. To respond not, not to reflect what I'm getting back. To reflect what I've seen in Christ. Amen? He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross. So much so that Jesus even bore our sins in his body on the cross. That we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. And most of the time, we stop there and say, oh, thank you, God, for that scripture. I'm just going to confess that over and over again. By his wounds, I'm healed. And that's all we're seeing in this whole passage. And there's a real reason for it. And so we go to the next uh, oh, oh, let me finish this from this uh, chapter. For you are like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your souls. There's a purpose in you doing what Christ did is because it, it makes possible the coming to a resolution. Okay? And in the next, very next chapter, he's not taking a breath. He's just talking a run-on sentence. Going right from that to this. Wives, in the same way as Christ did this. Submit yourselves to your own husbands. Isn't that interesting? So that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives when they see the purity and the reverence of your lives. Isn't this important? Amen? So there's this necessity. And I believe this is speaking a lot of times to a woman who is maybe on a higher level than the man, which is maybe way more frequent than it needs to be. So as far as, as comparables going, she might be way above him in some areas that he needs to change. But what does this say? You put yourself in submission to him, even though in actuality you might be more spiritual, you might be better in some way. But you put yourself in submission to him. And now you're going to enable what is actually in your heart to make a change for the better in him. Amen? All right. All right. That's something I already said. I'm, I'm just going to end with this real quick. There's two keys that we've been given, that women have been given. And we've, we've just touched on this, this reverence, this, this treat, treating the man as if he's somebody. That is powerful. It's a key that will open doors in the man and in the woman to glorify God and to enjoy life. Now, here's the problem. If you don't use those keys, okay? So it's, it's kind of like being given keys to a, a nice big old truck or something, you know, or whatever women like to drive. Um, Maybe they like to drive big trucks too. <laughs> there we go. Okay, everybody wants a big truck. All right. 
<laughs> given, given keys, they do you no good unless you go use them. In fact, if you drop them somewhere, somebody else picks them up. Somebody else can take off in the truck. You see the correlation? There's a necessity. If you're not taking care of that part of the relationship, if you're not fulfilled, you were made to be a helper. And what is that helping? It's helping his ego. It's helping his, his soul. It's enabling him to take a step that he might not have taken otherwise because it, took, it might take some courage. He needs to feel supported. And when you use the key that you've been given in reverence, in honoring, and lifting them up, and not just saying he already knows he's, he's, he's Matthew McConaughey. I don't need to tell him, you know. But you ensure that you're using your keys then he will remain in a position that you can influence and you can bring to the glory of God. Again, if you don't use those keys, they might be available to somebody else. And that's how, that's how people get divided. That's how they start looking somewhere else. Why does a man go somewhere else? Well, maybe he's getting revered somewhere else. Somebody else is admiring him. He's getting a good look somewhere else. It doesn't matter what he's done wrong, he's deserving according to God. If you're going to trust God, he's deserving of your honor. And then there is intimacy. And we won't go into this in detail. But there's a scripture said that you're not supposed to withhold yourself. There's a power that you have in intimacy that enables the confidence in the soul of a man. And it's a power that you can give. And also it's, it's some keys that you can lose to somebody else when you don't use them. And this car needs to be driven frequently for it to, to keep operating. Well, you can determine the frequency of it, but it needs to be driven. Because men are motors, you know. They, I don't like those commercials. You know what I'm talking about? I was born to, the, to be on the road. I was born. But, but, but it's, 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 it's how we were made. And, and it's, not just, it's not just the physical. There's a soul realm going on. It's the two shall be one flesh. That's it. And, and in the one fleshness of intimacy is a great comfort to the soul of a man. Those keys need to be used. And what the enemy will do is he'll come in. He'll cause there to be a, a, a severance in the area of reverence that is taken to the realm of intimacy also. And no longer are there any keys for a family at all. And if anybody's staying in it, they're staying in it just because they're feeling obligated. This happens, I think, in the church sometimes. People say, I can't get out of this or I'm going to hell, I guess. So I guess I'm just stuck. No, you're not stuck. You committed your life to somebody that you can get God in the middle of it. And in the, in the process of doing what you're supposed to do, your soul will come alive itself. Amen? There's an opportunity for a woman in submission for it to not be a negative thing at all. But it's the power. It's the power we've been given in Christ even. We submit to him. And what do we get? 
We get life. It's the same attitude that we can have towards our, our husbands. Uh, uh, y'all can have towards your husbands. <laughs> so there's more to go, but this has been good, amen?